Hey, hey, I'm so excited, you guys. I get the honor and privilege today of interviewing my pastor, Dustin Woodward. He is the lead pastor of Citizen Church, where we live in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And he basically grew up as the typical pastor's kid. And I know his dad and his mom, so he's super blessed. He had an amazing, amazing set of parents to lead him in in the word and in Jesus and help him ultimately find his true calling of leading a church. And he does such an exceptional job of it. He's passionate about discipleship, seeing people come to the knowledge of Jesus and having their lives transformed. He is also a dad and a husband and just totally down to earth. You guys are going to love him so much. So today, what we're going to be jamming on is calling. You know, you hear me talk about calling all the time. I tell you why I believe you have one and why I believe you need to chase after it and why you can build a business from your calling. But what I wanted to talk to you guys about today is what does scripture actually say about calling? And I wanted to also bring up purpose versus calling and how we can how we can biblically see what God has to say about who he created us to be. And I knew that the absolute perfect person to bring on and just bless you with his incredible speaking ability. And he has this gift of bringing scripture, theology, and storytelling to life in a way that's so applicable. Like it's so real and you get to to see how the Bible applies to your actual life. So Pastor Dustin does an exceptional job in today's episode of walking you through calling from a biblical viewpoint. And also he takes us through five steps of discovering, walking out, and uncovering what yours is. And it's fun because some of his steps are things that I've had you guys do and I have you do and clarify your calling, but some of them are not. And a few of them I had never even heard before and I loved them and they were such great key pieces of information that can help us just know that we know that we know that we're walking out this vision that God has for us. So I just hope you grab a notebook and pen. I think I took six, five, six pages of notes, (laughs) seriously. And so get ready to have your heart blessed big today and grab a seat, reheat that coffee. Let's do this. Hey friend, welcome to the Stephanie Gass Show where you can get clarity on your calling use your gifts for glory, and create a kingdom business. I believe that when we come together as daughters of the king, we will create true change here on earth. And we're raising up little world changers, mamas. Yes, and amen to that anointing over our lives. I believe we can also do this while having a ton of fun. You're here for PJs all day, lukewarm coffee, building passive income businesses, and using your voice for impact by podcasting and spreading your message into the world, you are in the right place. It's time to let God light our path so we can experience true miracles. Let's get pumped up for today's show. Okay, before we dig into this amazing conversation, I wanted to let you guys know it's the last day for you to claim 
the one-time special offer that me and my two amazing godsent friends have in store for you, which is the Productivity and Business Power Bundle with myself, Polly Payne from Horatio Printing, and Chelsea Joe Moore from Systemize Your Life. We have four incredible courses for you guys packaged up for one tiny amazing price. You are going to get four courses for the price of one, three powerhouse teachers, God-led mentors to help you navigate how to start this online business, how to finally get clear on building a business on godly principles. And today we're talking about calling and you're going to know and have this tugging on your heart that maybe it's time to really figure out what you've been called to do so that you can go and create the thing from your calling, the business from your calling, which is absolutely um, possible for you. So you're going to get four courses. Today's the last day you can take advantage of this. You get Clarify Your Calling, which is my course that helps you get clear on what your thing is going to be. Two, you get Systemize Your Life Academy from Chelsea Jo Moore. This is going to help you learn to create the systems that you need to succeed in home and business, time, task management. It is, guys, I've taken it. I love it. I helped her build the first tier. Like it's so great. I love this program so much. I come back to it all the time. The third course that you get is Podcast Pro University, which is my course that helps you learn to launch a successful podcast to grow your audience organically. No more social media hustle, no more algorithms, just hanging behind a mic, however it is that you want to show up and blessing your audience with the stuff that you learn and know and can mentor them with and guide them with. It's just the easiest way, truly, to build a business. And then the third, uh, fourth course that you get is the Faith Filled Business Blueprint, which is from my girl, Polly Payne. And this is going to teach you how to start a real business on godly principles. It really takes you through a business plan, a product offering, a timeline, branding, legals, accounting stuff, a winning launch and marketing strategy. Like she's a brilliant marketer, you guys, and you get to have all of this, all of these four courses for the price of one plus our communities and lifetime access. So we done lost our mind. Don't miss out. Come on, head to bit.ly slash Steph Power Bundle. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash Steph, S-T-E-F Power Bundle. Going, going, gone. And if you're hearing this episode after February 7th, don't worry. I still have amazing courses at amazing prices for you over at stephaniegass.com. All right, guys, let's do the thing. Okay, you guys heard how awesome Pastor Dustin is in the intro. And I'm so excited to have my pastor here with us. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. I love your show and I am super excited to be on. I feel so fancy being able to say Pastor Dustin, by the way. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so fancy. as we were, you and I were talking about you coming on the show oh, a couple months ago and mm. me telling you about how the women and men too, actually now that I'm serving through this podcast, it all comes down to this, this core concept of you have this calling. And I truly believe in my heart that every person has like these books in heaven about them, that they're, they're called to, to fulfill and yeah. that it's there for everyone. And as we talked about this, you know, I asked you, would you come on the show and kind of talk about calling from from a biblical, true biblical perspective, knowing all the amazing things, you know, understanding theology 
And I sent you, I think, on a rabbit hole of digging into calling work. <laughs> you did. So when you first mentioned this to me, I did not, I mean, this was a few months ago, I did not have a January sermon series nailed out. And I started studying this after our conversation. So we did a whole, I mean, I'm still in it. I'm finishing it this Sunday. Mm -hmm. So I, we, we did a whole series on it. So I'm, I went down a rabbit hole of awesomeness. So I'm, I'm really excited about it. I oh, learned man. a lot. So good. Well, let's start with, I think sometimes I get this question of Steph, what's the difference between purpose and calling? And I would just love to hear your perspective on that. Yeah. So I, I, I think for a lot of people, they get confused on, and I, I know I have a lot of times in my life, you know, what is the difference purpose calling? Is it semantics? Is there a difference? Are they distinct? Cause it feels like people throw those out interchangeably. Mm -hmm. And I think when some people throw it out like that, they are interchangeable. But if you want to get down to like the real meaning of it, it's, um, for me looking at the, looking at scripture, the Bible purpose is the 30,000 foot general reason. All of us are created. I mean, we're created by God for God and to be drawn to God, right. Huh. To worship him. Our purpose is to glorify God, to yeah. build his kingdom. You know, there's those fundamental things that we see all through scripture. Um, and so you can call it purpose. You can call it a primary calling. Um, you know, when I, when I teach on this, I, I call it a primary calling and a mm. secondary calling. And so the primary or purpose would be that, you know, I, I wrote down, um, by God to God for God, and then a secondary calling, uh, which, would be calling would be yep. kind of, it's, it's something that everyone it's for everyone it's for everywhere and it's in everything, but this is more individualized. Everyone has a, a very specific call from God. You can call it a calling. You can call it an assignment. It's what God It's the reason God designed you uniquely to uh, what he designed you to do in your workplace. Um, it could be ministry. It could be as a doctor, a teacher, um, anything but it's, mm -hmm. it's what he uniquely designed you to do. So that's my take on it. When I, when I look at scripture is purpose calling, or you can, you can call it primary or secondary. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. I love that. So there you guys go. All of our purpose by God, for God, to God, secondary calling or assignment for everyone, mm -hmm. for everything. I love that. That's so good. Um, I want to talk about what is a calling and I would love your perspective on you know, I guess when you look at when I help these, these women get clear on their calling, I'm helping them look at it from a lens of like, I can use these vocational gifts or these spiritual gifts that I have and create a business out of it. You know, mm -hmm. I can actually have a business tree. I can have a business and I can make profit from it and I can make income from it. And I help them kind of take this like direction of a calling and then go explore it. And it's not like this overnight thing. And often a year later, they have changes or God spoken to them or they've refined it and redefined it, but it all starts with like a direction. So that's kind of how I see is like, we have these gifts, there's different pieces of our, of our lives and of what we've, we've gone through. And it's created this like direction for your life. And that's kind of yeah. where we start with calling. What does the Bible say? And what do you think that calling actually is? Do you agree with me? Are there What's your like definition of that? I 100% agree with you. So, I mean, I, I love studying the life of Peter and, you know, he's such a, if somebody wants to do a study on what we're talking about right now, he's the guy. <clears throat> so you, you look at his ups and his downs. 
He was constantly needing more clarity from Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, what are we, what are we all doing? But then he wanted to know, but what am I doing? Even like compared to that guy, like, you know, John's the one you said you love, but do you love me too? You know, he's always all over the place with comparing right. and everything, right? And you look at Peter. So I love this. So he's a fisherman. And we we know, um, you know, the story when Jesus calls Peter to first be a disciple, he, he gets into Peter's world and he utilizes his vocation. Mm-hmm. So Jesus preaches a sermon after he gets in Peter's boat that he was fishing in. And then he tells Peter to go out and fish in the deep again and cast down cast out his nets again. And he's, he's stepping into Peter's world saying, I'm not just the Lord of the shore. I'm the Lord of your vocation. I'm the Lord of your occupation. And I'm going to show you how you can use this in ministry. And then he says, I want you to be not only a fisher of fish, but a fisher of men. And so you, you kind of see how Jesus will use our natural inclination, the direction that our life has been going, like what you were saying, all the things that culminate into who we are. What I love about it is Jesus steps into our lives And he says, I've built you to this point, the ups, the downs, the brokenness, the wholeness, and you're here now. And I want to step into your life and I want to use who you are now and and direct you, your gifts, talents, brokenness, um, all those things and and guide you into your next steps. Yeah. So what about when people say, I don't have one, I don't have a calling. I feel no direction. I feel purposeless. How do they begin? to hear from God in this, in this area, like tactically and prayerfully, what do you think those steps are? Cause I know how frustrating I like, you know, I've been there. I'm sure you've been there where we're like, yeah, what am I doing here? Oh, it's <laughs> help me <laughs> all. I mean, I can't even tell you. And, and it's, and it's so funny now looking back on it because I've asked that question literally as I was in my calling being a pastor, yeah. I mean, which right. is, we all, we all get to those places. But I, I, when I'm researching this in scripture, um, there's so much of this, what I love about God and calling. And, and as you discover this, and it's kind of, again, what I just said about the Peter thing, but I love how God steps into our world and every story that you see in scripture. Um, it comes back to a few questions we can ask ourselves. If we're thinking, I don't have purpose. I don't have calling. We compare ourselves to other people. Why doesn't my life look like that? Why doesn't my podcast look like that? Mm-hmm. You know, all those things. And there's a few questions and I, I can, I can kind of rattle through a few of the questions that I kind of coach people through to ask themselves. Is that cool? Can I That's just jump great. into that? Yes. I'd love that. I think the first, if you're feeling that, I think the first thing you've got to do is just ask yourself what you are specifically passionate about. Um, and because everyone, even in our worst seasons, we're passionate about something, um, you, or you could word it like what excites you. You know, it could be music. It could be art. You know, this isn't the only factor in discovering your calling, but it it absolutely has to be an indicator. It could be, you know, are you passionate about education, teaching? Are you passionate about empowering people? Are you passionate about sports, finance, Um, all all those kinds of things? Because I, I genuinely believe, according to scripture, that God gives us the desires of our heart. And what's interesting is a lot of people interpret that scripture as whatever my heart desires, that's what God is going to give me. But it's really reverse of that. What it's saying is God gave you the -hmm. desires of your heart, obviously the ones that aren't sinful, but he gave you those desires. And so, you know, focus on those, you know, let, let those grow and and thrive. So I, I think you're a good example of this for 
instance. I mm -hmm. mean, you look at what you're doing with the podcast and you're passionate about helping people succeed. You're passionate about empowering women and now men. And you're, you're, you're passionate about that. And I can tell, I mean, you are not in this for what's in it for you. You really love being a platform for other people. And so you have known that for a long time. And so you get into this business and you start doing this to truly help people. And lo and behold, now you're in your calling. Right. And if somebody would have asked you that 10 years ago, there's no way you probably would have guessed this. Right. But you had to eventually say, what am I passionate about? Where does God want to meet me? And I think that so many people, I think that's a good first question to start with. I don't know. Do you have anything um, with that? Yeah, I do. You know, when there, when I look at that and I, and we ask ourselves, what are we passionate about? I think it's funny because, and I know this is true for you too, Dustin. Like when I look at what I'm doing now and I would have said, what are you passionate about 10 years ago? The clues are there, right? Like, oh, I'm passionate about leading people. I'm passionate mm -hmm. about entrepreneurship. I'm passionate about, um, you know, encouraging women to, to be courageous, whatever, when they speak or whatnot. But mm -hmm. like my path, so the passions were there, but the way that I was like putting them into practice and play was not exactly what God had in mind. But if I hadn't tried those, those things yes. and spent time in the passion work, he couldn't pave the way, right? You got to spend time in the passion work to pave the way because same for you. I know you have a story on public speaking. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. You know, you felt the call and maybe even like the thing you're passionate about is not the thing you're good at at first. <laughs> yep. It's true. I mean, honestly, like that's another one of the questions, honestly. I mean, is, is this a cool segue to go into that? Yeah. Because I, I, what you said about me with public speaking, I, my passion growing up was always, even as a teenager, I mean, I was not even close to a perfect teenager, but even as a teenager though, I loved God with all my heart. And I, I was so passionate looking at my friends, just thinking, why isn't the word of God sinking into them? Like it is me. And mm -hmm. it wasn't that I, there was anything special about me. It was that my dad was a pastor and is a pastor and was awesome at learning how to articulate that to me individually. So my passion started growing. How can I take the word of God and present it in a way where people can receive it. And so, yeah. but my biggest, greatest fear was public speaking. So the, uh, one of the other questions yeah. that I encourage people to ask is, what are you afraid of? So ah. not only what are you passionate about, but what are you afraid of? Because so many people, I've heard this a million times, and it's not ungodly, but it's just not completely accurate. When people say, I've been praying and praying and praying about God's will, and I have a peace about this, um, therefore it's God's will. Mm. I think having a peace about something could slightly be an indicator of God's will. But what we mostly see in scripture is God has us walk through doorways of fear because when you can, when you can say, this is what I'm passionate about, but the handle of the vehicle God's going to give me to walk that out. I'm not good at that yet. There's a lot of unknowns. It's a big financial investment. For me, it was, I I'm horrible at public speaking. Right. How am I going to do this? And so you walk through that fear. And then when you get on the other side of it, you know, it's just, I, now I can give God glory and I'm not sitting here saying, you know, it's all about me and, and all that. So I think that's important that it's, you're going to hit one of those fear walls or doorways that you're going to have to decide, am I going to walk through or am I not? Wow. That's so doorways of fear. Can we have a t-shirt? I think we need a t-shirt. <laughs> All right, let's do it. That's so good. And oh man, this is like just such wisdom for all of you listening because you have the desire 
and you have the, the passion and maybe it's even like been planted in your heart, but to actually make it happen, there will be a door of fear period. Like every single time, you know, when I heard like leave corporate and be an entrepreneur, like doorway of fear, when I heard like, oh, you're going to go and be a network marketer. And that's what I did for a while door of fear. And then, oh, you're going to start a podcast, like huge door of fear. Who am I? And no one will listen. And I don't know if I can speak. And then you're going to speak. Oh, door of fear. Like there's always a door of fear. And I think in my opinion and in my past, the more you think about the door of fear, the more you think about the journey to get to the door of fear, the bigger the door becomes. Absolutely. Versus like, okay, I know there's a door of fear. I know it's here, but I'm just going to go ahead and kick it open and run through it because the second you get through it, it's like, it just completely diminishes. Mm. And it wasn't even as big as you made it out to be. What has that been your experience? 100, 100%. And so I, I mean, every, every single time, you know, my, my wife and I were just talking about this the other day. I mean, she has the same story. I mean, she's a, she's a worship leader and we, we co-pastor our church together and there's so many things she has to overcome. You know, she's an amazing communicator, amazing, mm-hmm. but she's only ever preached five sermons. And so the, her first sermon, her first uh, sermon was just a couple years ago yeah. here. And she, I mean, but it was a massive doorway of fear. And then, yeah. but that's her new season of calling is, is preaching that way. And it's every sphere of life, pastoring, teaching, doing podcasts, yeah. being, um, you know, a stay at home mom or dad or whatever the season is, there's always going to be fear. And people have asked me, so is peace at all a part of the equation? I think if it's just a slight adjustment in how we think. So when we're saying, God, give me a piece about this, we've got to really focus that on. I think we can ask God, according to scripture, to give us peace found in the resolution, being resolute about this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm resolute and I have peace in that. But understanding it's not going to be peaceful necessarily yeah. on the other side of that for a while because you're stepping into your calling. And we have an enemy that doesn't like that. Yep. And we have a world that doesn't like that. And it's not you know, going to be easy. It's going to be a risk, like what you were saying. Wow. I have just like a sidebar that hopefully doesn't take us too far. But do you believe like as we're stepping up, we're coming to the doors of fear, maybe we've already gone through a few of them, that the enemy does everything in his power, whether it be spiritual warfare or putting extra bumps in the road, like to make it seem even harder or like we're not on the right path. And then if so, how do we discern through like, what's just hard as we're growing in our calling versus what's like derailing us versus, Oh no, God's telling me not to keep going. Like, how do we discern through like what the hard parts even are or like who they're from, I guess. Yeah. Okay. So this is so interesting. Um, I, we actually had a staff meeting this morning and I, I taught on that exact thing, which wow. is so fascinating. That's so I fun. Think, <laughs> yeah. So I, I think what happens, you got to put a lot of, we got to put a lot more weight on the beginning of the journey. I think, so I think you're never going to know the complete outcome, but I think before you start, that's why it's so important when you're going to make a big decision like that. Yes. Risk is always involved, but you've got to know, like, I think for Christians, we throw out the God said, I feel like God's saying God told me so fast. And then when we get halfway into it and then we have, we finally maybe back out of something, or maybe we make an adjustment, then it's either we didn't hear God or did God lie? So I think we've got to be a little bit more careful on the front end 
to say, okay, how I'm going to make it through this with all the bumps, ups and downs is remembering the beginning of, I was so resolute about this. I knew, and isn't it weird too, how, I mean, weird and cool, how much emphasis the Bible puts on remembering It's the Mm. whole purpose of communion, because we forget so fast when God says something, we're like, yes, he did. And then these huge, you know, the in it, we have attacks from the enemy, um, huge setbacks. And then we start questioning and people did it all through the Bible. And so I think going back to, and then, um, one of these other questions, it, it pertains to this again, and do, it doesn't derail us at all, but how I find, um, how I can be resolute in my decisions is that I, one of the questions I have is who's on your godly counsel or who's on your counsel. Right. Because when I, when I'm about to make a big decision like this, um, I'll give you an example for us in our context of pastoring. Right. About five years ago, Mandy and I were praying about what our next step was. And a few, you know, the board members here, our elders, um, were, were talking to us about, Hey, are you guys going to, are you guys going to pastor the church as your dad is, as is transitioning to, um, retire or going to the next stage of life. And we were really praying about, do we stay and pastor this church or is God calling us to plant another church in another city? Sure. Because I kind of, I have a pioneering spirit, you know, and, and I, and it was hard. I've always had those two doors open. Mm-hmm. And so the, what's kept me going, you know, pastoring, we, we just became pastors six weeks before the pandemic started. So yep. I mean, <laughs> you, you get you, six months into the pandemic. I'm like, Mandy, what are we doing? You know, <laughs> Mandy is my wife's name. So I, yep. I, uh, so we're, it, it's just crazy. So what brought me back to keeping me through all the ups and downs is going back to how did I make this decision? I made right. this decision because I went to God. Both of us did. We fasted, we prayed, we knew it was here. We're staying in Albuquerque. This is the church we're going to pastor because when we say yes, our yes has to be yes. And our no has to be no. Yep. Um, and then I would go to our, my, my godly counsel. So it would be my dad, a couple other pastor friends, a couple of our elders. And I sought we sought God for months and months and months. And when they, when we all came to the same conclusion, that's how I knew. So when I've hit rock bottom a few times and in, you know, with anxiety and the pandemic and division, you know, in the church and people, you know, all that stuff, what's kept me going is, you know what, I'm going to remember, I'm going to remember that season where I, I, we went through the right steps and I know this is what God has called us to do. That's a long answer for a short question, but that's kind of, that's, that's for me when I see scripture, that's kind of what I feel like God's pointing us to. That's so good because it's so easy to get in the emotion of the right Mm -hmm. now. And the, oh no, we're in a pandemic and no one's going to come to church and our attendance is down. And what are we doing? And, you know, the political stuff that I'm sure every pastor went through dealing with all of that to, you could have sat in that and made the anxiety grow and made the doorway of fear expand and made all of these limiting beliefs about your purpose come into play. When in reality, like it was already spoken over you, like, yes, the calling was absolutely clear. And I love this concept of go back to what you heard, go back to what was spoken over you, go back to the calling when you didn't know how, because I think sometimes the how derails us. It's like, you know what it is, but because you don't know the how you question the calling altogether and we don't have to worry about the how. So remember the beginning, that's so great. And then who's on your council? How do you find people to add to your council? You know, I just think of my women who are trying to build these businesses and 
They're in motherhood still. And they're maybe working partially or, you know, maybe they feel really alone in this time. Like, how do you find, I don't know if you have any tips here and then we'll go to your next question. Like, how do you add people to your council? You know, if you're, if you're, you know, lucky enough to have a good church community, you know, near you, or you're, you're able to go in person. I think that's a great start. Um, it's always hard. To, it's just like, it's not like you can walk into church and start interviewing people to be on your godly council. <laughs> so, I mean, it's like, Hey, um, but I think, yeah, I think over time, you know, you've been in a small group for six months to a year. And then there's, there's maybe, you know, there's an older lady who, for whatever reason, it's kind of latched onto you and keeps pouring into you. And then maybe, you reciprocate that with, you know what, I want to take her to coffee. And then all of a sudden you develop a friendship and you just find out this is a godly person, not perfect, but godly. Mm-hmm. And then I've done that before where I'll ask a guy to say, after I've developed a friendship with him, I primarily look for older people just because the Bible consistently points us to older generations for wisdom. Sure. And, but I, that's what I do. Just say, Hey, if I, if I ever need to, can I come to you for some advice on this or whatever? And that's one but honestly, whether people are saved or not, when they're your parents, I think it's important to always glean at least something. Because when the Bible talks about parents, however old they are, however lost they are, the Bible doesn't ever really give caveats to, you know, uh, you know, dishonoring them if they're mm-hmm. not Christians, you know? And so my, my wife and I are firm believers of even if they're not godly, it's important to have parents there you know, I know some people have re- like, I'm not saying you have to like go restore some like abusive relationship or anything, but yeah. if it's, even if they're not Christians though, and they, you know, they love you and they're for you. I still think that's an important component. Grandparents, um, you know, a, a, I mean, a, a random friend that you have, it can start small with, Hey, what, what do you think about us? We're thinking about switching our kid from this school to that school. Exactly. Can you give me some advice on that? It doesn't have to be like this grand purpose of life question to start off the bat, you know, but yes. I th- it takes time and you've got to be careful. But I, I think that there's, there's a few things you asked me originally. There's a few things I think you can look for in people. I think, can I rattle off a few real quick? Sure. I think that, you know, you just don't look for perfect people. They're going to make mistakes, but people that have been, consistently good decision makers. Like you've, you've seen them make some bigger decisions and you say, you know what, that was a good decision. They're, they're godly in lifestyle, you know, godly in words. Um, again, not perfect, but they're just consistent in those things. They've Uh been consistently invested in you. Um, they're, they are close enough to you ish to know your, your strengths and weaknesses on the biggest decisions of your life. I think the people are going to have to know a little bit more about you to be able to give you good advice. And I think one of the most important things is at least one or two people who, if they looked at you and just said, I, after praying about it, not off a knee jerk reaction, but I really just don't think this is a good idea. I think we need to have the wisdom enough to, even if it's not a permanent, no, for it to cause us to pause, wait, pull back and say, if these people feel this strongly against this, it doesn't mean Satan's using them. It Mm -hmm. just might mean I might need to pause for a second and take a breather and reevaluate. Yeah. Those are such great. Thank you for adding that just because they're probably sitting there going, I want some mentors. And I can think of people in my life that started exactly this way. No lie, Dustin with, hi, should we switch our kids to a different school? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no kidding. That's one of the biggest questions people are asking right now. I know. And so, and then those amazing mentors, I th- they're there. Sometimes we just don't see them. I think a lot of times they're already in your life. You just right. haven't said, oh, wow, this is a person who's like a consistent godly mentor in my life. And yes, church community. So great. So 
so far we've covered asking yourself what you're passionate about. Uh, what are the fears? What are you afraid yeah. of? That really is a huge, um, that one I've never thought of that one before. And I just love it. Third one, who's on your council. And then this concept of remembering what else, is there any other piece to ca- calling, finding it, yeah. figuring it out? So I've got, I've got two, two more. I'll hit okay. them quick. The, one of the questions is what frustrates you? I think a lot of people get frustrated at things in life and they expect other people to solve them. But the things sometimes we can get most frustrated at when we see them, it might be God prompting us, giving us a holy discontentment, you know, and saying that might be me that needs to solve that. You know, like I talk a lot about in our city. Um, I, I hate the fact that our child well-being in right. our city and our state is so bad. So I, I was so frustrated about that for so long. And all of a sudden it hit me like, well, maybe I'm supposed to help solve that problem. It could be education, government policies, things in your church, things in your family. So you can analyze things that frustrate you and think, could this be a component and a part of my calling? The example I've used is David and Goliath. David goes into the battlefield, sees Goliath. He was mad. Everybody else was afraid. And his frustration caused him to step up and fulfill his calling. So I think, I think yeah. frustration is a good one too. Oh, I love that. That's really great. I just am thinking yeah. to myself, thinking if there was anything that frustrated me. Um, oh yeah, definitely. So when you look, I think that helps too. It helps fine tune the calling this one for sure, because maybe it's looking at a deeper level of refining your calling. Right. Mm-hmm. So for example, me as a podcaster and starting this business and doing all of these pieces, like I could help women grow in any way, but I was frustrated with the addiction to social media, the constant 24 seven, like battling this, this busy or this need to have your phone in your hand. And so that frustration really solidified for me that podcasting was the way that I was going to help them grow. That's so so good. I love what you said. I just took a note on that. I'm going to add that to my, when you said refining, because I think the frustration thing, yeah, even after you get into your calling, just letting that, that frustration, any new ones that come up to help refine it. And it can even take you on the journey in your calling. I think that's, I think that's great. And then the last question, I will do it fast. I feel like I'm doing great. You're doing so great. I love it. Um, the last one is what's in your hand. And I think this is a, a really cool one because God specifically asked Moses when Moses was lost, he had been exiled. He ran after he found out who he was, you know, killed an Egyptian and he had been in exile um, for a long time. And he was a shepherd. And one day he's tending sheep. And if you're familiar with the story, you know, there's the story of the burning bush, right? Mm-hmm. So God starts speaking to him, says, you know, I want you to go back and tell my people, tell the Israelites that I've sent you and then go tell Pharaoh to let my people go. And he's, Moses is arguing with him saying, I, what if the people don't believe that you sent me? What if they don't? And so his, then his response to God's response to Moses, he's, he asks him that question, what's in your hand? And Moses looks in his hand and he's holding a shepherd's staff. And we don't have good context on that today, but a shepherd's staff back then would have been a symbol of shame, especially for him, because it was a symbol of his exile. It was a symbol of what he had done. He was a prince. And now he's the lowest of the low occupation, a shepherd. He's poor, you know, all those things. And so God points not at a skill set on this time. He points at something from his past that God wants to use, right? Because, you know, as we decrease, he increases Mm -hmm. and it was the shepherd's staff. So I think for a lot of people, the question, what's in your hand, it could be a talent. It could be a gifting. Um, I think that's definitely obviously it has to be a part of the the conversation. But I think a lot of times people overlook 
um, what they would perceive as weaknesses. They would mm. overlook mental health battles. Um, I had mentioned in a sermon one time or several times that I've, I've battled anxiety and depression for most of my life. And I used to be so ashamed of it, even in sermons. Um, but once I started talking about it, anytime I mention it, that is the topic where people come up to me the most in our foyer or write emails saying, thank you, thank you, thank you. And something I was ashamed of has now become one of the greatest tools I can, where I can help people overcoming it. I mean, I've people that have stories of divorce and, and brokenness and then rebuilding. They don't have to be perfectly happy yet, but they're in the process of rebuilding. They, that's common ground for other people who are going through hard times. And so I think sometimes we can overlook those. Um, and I think that God wants to use that stuff a lot more than we think. Yes. I, one of the pillars when we're going through calling work, when I'm teaching it is trials exactly the same because your trial is someone else's triumph, right? Mm -hmm. Your, your trial that you've already overcome, they're still in it. (laughs) And maybe you're not, maybe, maybe you haven't overcome it, but you're farther along in the process than someone else. And you're that person that they've been praying for. I love that. Like, And also as soon as something comes, you know, you let it come to light. It has no more power over you. And so you using, oh my gosh, my anxiety and my depression. And it's, this is embarrassing or I shouldn't talk about it. I'm sure the second that you finally were like, boom, through that, you know, the doorway on this one, I'm going to tell everyone about it. Like everyone else goes, oh, wow. Like I'm not alone. Pastor Dustin's dealt with this as well. And it just makes them feel normal and it makes people makes people come, come together and really work together to get through the hard stuff. 100%. And also helps me break free of how binding anxiety and depression can be. So Mm -hmm. the more you use it as a tool, the less it can be used as a tool against you. And so I think you either use it or it uses you, you know, and I think that's a huge part of our testimony and overcoming and, and a huge part of our calling. Wow. It's been so great. So as people go through these five questions and they're gathering all this information. What do you say to someone who's like, okay, I have direction. I've written something down. I have this idea or this concept. How would you say that they actively activate walking out a calling? Like, where do you even, at least just where do they get started? Your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, Woo, I did not pay him to no. say that. No, but I'm, I'm telling you, like it, it, it is true. I mean, it's something like this because where most people get lost is they don't have the infrastructure, know-how, they don't have the tools to take an idea and walk it out into fruition. So I do think partnership and collaboration and being willing to be humble enough to say, I've got an idea, I want to start something. And, and I, I wasn't teasing really, but, but I mean, something like you yeah. and help, having a coach help them. But I think that's, it's a huge, it's so practical. It's probably not like the magical answer people are wanting, but I think for, we get so bogged down in with this idea, this idea, this idea that we never really walk it out. And I think that it's going to come down to partnership, training, coaching, and, and the willingness to take that first step of, I'm going to take a little bit of a risk after I know this is for sure what God's calling me to do, at least right now, I'm going to take a risk. I'm going to get some help and start developing a plan. Yeah, that's really great. And then I have one last question. I've, I've been asked this before and it just came up as you were talking for me to ask you, I've been asked, Stephanie, is it possible to have a godly business or have this calling that I'm living out? That's God centered without ever talking about God or my faith. 
I think yes um, and no. So I think so much of, of being a, a witness in, in building the kingdom of God is just being godly. Because if, if someone is, and again, I'm, I'm going to say this a bunch, but I'm not talking about being perfect. I'm not talking about that. But just if someone in their everyday life and business, so on the one hand, when I say, yes, it's possible to do that, it's possible in the sense of if you're being the light, if you're being godly, you're going to be so different than everyone else. It's going to be a magnet to where right. people are going to be curious. What is different about you? You know, why, you know, I, I, I hear that you have problems in your marriage, but why are you able to overcome what I can't overcome in, in our marriage or things like that, right? Mm -hmm. There's a, there's a foundation. So I think on one hand, yes, but I do eventually think, um, their personal conversations happen, have to happen. But I also know that with so many businesses, like say, let's say you're a teacher. I mean, you are, you're bound by law, you know? So, yep. I mean, you're, you're not able to just stand up in front of your class and start witnessing, but I think that out of raw curiosity from students or parents and parent teacher conferences, or you see somebody out in life, or you have your own Facebook and you just randomly post that you were at church that day, all of those kinds of things, they're tiny, but they can matter and spark curiosity. So I think being godly is the number one thing because it provides a way of being different. And eventually that will lead toward curiosity, questions, comments. Hey, what do you think about that? And then it might open up. Um, for uh, more conversations. That's really awesome. And I think really where people struggle is they feel like, oh, because I want to lead a God-centered business, I have to know theology or I have to no. preach on the, on the podcast, right? And what Pastor Dustin just said is allow God to work through you and bring the right people to you. Mm -hmm. And there's your, and then there's your opportunity. And yeah. so I think there's a lot of um, permission in that to just be who you are and show up the best way you know how, and just lead the, with this godly example, and then God will do the rest. Yep. The, the pressure that people feel, I get it all the time, the pressure that people feel to know right theology, to know, I mean, yes, I mean, in life, as we grow in our walk with God, sure, yes, we need to grow in right understanding. But the pressure that people feel is so unnecessary, you know, when it comes to those kinds of conversations, because the, I think the greatest gift you can give the world when someone asks a question that we don't know is just the confidence in saying, actually, I don't know, right. you know, but you know, I'll, I'll take a look at it. But I think the, the greatest witness we can have is just being different and then having the simple testimony of this is who I was before I met Christ. And I am far from perfect, but I am far from who I was. And this is who I am now. And it's, it's really impacting my marriage and it's impacting the way I raise my kids. And there is a huge difference. I think that's, it's as simple as that. And then people are curious. Right. Oh man, this has been so amazing. And I know that it's going to be so helpful for so many of the listeners. What like any last bit of encouragement or words of wisdom that you have for those who are trying to just finally hear from God on what is their calling and what, how they can partner that with, with the purpose that he has for mm -hmm. all of us. And then lastly, where does everybody come connect with you, Pastor Dustin, you know, we've got our, our church websites and those pieces. And maybe you want to talk a bit about the podcast that you guys are launching next month. Oh man. All right. <laughs> okay. So yeah, I think as far as like the, the calling next step, I think people, everybody wants to know what God's will is. God's will is, is something that's not elusive. He's not hiding. I think you, you start in his word and you make sure your idea does not contradict his word. You pray, ask the spirit 
to, to, to guide you, the Holy Spirit, to say yes or no. And then you go to godly counsel. I call those the, the three security checkpoints of God's will. So Ooh. God's word, God's okay. spirit, and God's uh, godly counsel in your life. And then once you have that, you have resolution. My biggest encouragement right now, what I'm seeing with so many people is people are exhausted. They're defeated. We've gone through such a, a rough time the last couple of years. So many people are in transition. Uh, we're just tired. And so my encouragement would be, you know, there's so many times in scripture where God just says, remain, stay faithful, stay steadfast, stay rooted, remain, remain, remain. And I feel like the people who are going to win and succeed in this season are the people who are willing to stop the, 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 this consistent uprooting and rerooting, uprooting and rerooting, but just staying rooted and yeah. remaining and staying faithful. And I, I want to encourage people with that. And then, yeah, for us, I mean, I, I pastor a church called Citizen Church, and um, that the name just comes from the idea that we're citizens of heaven and our identity's there um, before it's here. And so I, that's the name of our church. But yeah, our, our website is just citizen.church. Every Sunday morning, you know, if you want to tune in, you can find us on online at our website, Facebook, YouTube. You just Google Citizen Church. It's singular, citizen. And um, yeah, we're launching a podcast uh, next month. And it's going to be a little bit, um, I feel, I think we finally landed on a name where oh. it's, it's, we're finishing the, um, all the, I guess, trademark, all that kind of stuff right now. We're, we're hearing back from our attorney very soon on that, but okay. it's, um, I, I, but I can say it, I think we're naming it co-church. And uh. the reason why we're going with co-church is we're also launching a church network, um, called co-church. And so the whole thing is about unifying the church, but not just unifying churches, but unifying people. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, and but it's going to be simple. It's going to be discussions about, you know, current cultural topics. It'll be theology. But again, it goes back to what I feel my calling is. It's how can we, my two big things that I stand for, how can we unite churches and how can we grow people to where they can get the understanding they want from the word of God without being made to feel like they are dumb or they can't know things. So I want to, that, that's what the whole podcast is going to be. Great conversations, some uh, light teaching, but also just kind of advancing the kingdom. So that's what it's going to be. So co-church, be looking for it. It'll be out as soon as possible. So excited about that. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much, Pastor Dustin. Thank you so much for having me. If you like Mama's show, leave a review. Pretty please. Real quick before you go, if this podcast has blessed you in some way, the number one way you can thank me is to leave a written review for the show over on Apple Podcasts. I seriously am lit up every time I hear from you guys, every time that I see that this show has impacted your life in some way. So if you'll do that for me, I would be super grateful. The second thing you can do is take a screenshot of this episode or of your review and go share it in your Instagram stories and tag me at Stephanie Gass. I'll share you in my stories, and then together we can share the love. God bless you, sis.